Amen. Grab your Bible this morning and stand with me as we honor the reading of the wonderful Word of the Lord. Today we are looking in the book of St. Mark, chapter number 11. The book of St. Mark, chapter number 11. This morning we'll be reading verses 25 and 26. The book of St. Mark, chapter number 11. Reading verses 25 and 26. Jesus says, whenever you stand praying, if you have anything against anyone, forgive him, that your Father in heaven may also forgive you your trespasses. But if you do not forgive, neither will your Father in heaven forgive your trespasses. Wow, this is a powerful, powerful uh, passage this morning. We better read that again. Jesus said that whenever you stand and, and you're praying, that if you have anything against anybody, you have to forgive him. He said that your Father in heaven may also forgive you your trespasses. But notice the next ver- word, but. Say but. but. But if you do not forgive, neither will your Father in heaven forgive your trespasses. This morning we're going to talk about Forgiveness, Father, we thank you for the word of the Lord today. Father, we thank you that we have the opportunity to be in your house today. And Lord, to be in your presence. And we thank you for the incredible presence of the Holy Spirit that we have enjoyed thus far. God, I just pray today that your anointing, Lord, will rest upon us today as we deliver the word of God. Father, I pray that every ear today, Lord, will hear the word of God. And not only will they hear the word of God, but I pray, Lord, today that... God, they will put into action, Father, the word uh, that they uh, hear today. Speak deep into our hearts and into our spirit. Do a work in this service for the glory of God, we ask in Jesus' name. All of God's people said, praise the Lord. And you may be reseated this morning. In 1880, James Garfield was elected president of the United States. Six short months into office, he was shot in the back in an Assassination attempt. The doctors could not locate the bullet in his back in order to be able to remove it. And over the course of several weeks, the doctors made constant attempts to locate the bullet. Over and over and over and over again, they probed his wound, looking for the bullets. Garfield eventually died, but not from the gunshot wound. The constant probing of the wound by the doctors caused an infection. Garfield died from the infection caused by the constant probing of his wound. People's lives are often destroyed. But not by what has happened to them. But because of unforgiveness, instead of forgiving and moving on with their lives, they constantly probe their wound until infection sets in. And the infection spreads until not only has their life been ruined, but they have infected everybody around them as well. Let's talk about forgiveness today. This is one of the most important subjects that we could choose to talk about today. I can think of hardly anything else that is more important and has more effect in our lives than this subject of forgiveness. There are four things about forgiveness that I want to talk to you about this morning. And the first thing that I want to suggest today is that it's demanded Forgiveness is demanded. For the children of God, forgiveness is not an option. It's not an option. It's demanded by the Savior in our text that we read. And, and uh, in, in Mark chapter number 11 uh, and verses 25 and, and 26. And whenever you stand praying, if you have anything Against anyone, forgive him that your Father in heaven may also forgive you your trespasses. And if you do not forgive, neither will your Father in heaven forgive your trespasses. It's demanded by the Savior over in in the book of Matthew, chapter number 18. 
And verses 21 and 22 says that Peter came to him, came to Jesus, and he said, Lord, how often shall my brother sin against me and I forgive him? Up to seven times. The rabbis taught in that day that you were to forgive uh, three times. And here is Peter, man. He, he thinks he's really being generous here. And he comes to Jesus and he says, Lord, how often shall I forgive my brother? Uh, how about seven times? That's more than twice what was being taught. Give me a plaque. Give me a pat on the back. Uh, Lord, don't you think I'm really, really being generous here? I'm willing to forgive my brother up to seven times. But what did Jesus respond? Jesus said to him in verse 22, I, I do not say unto you up to seven times, but up to seventy, seventy times seven. Uh, oh, and I don't think Jesus was saying only 490 times. And on that 491st time, wow, look out. I believe that Jesus was simply saying as often as people offend us, as often as people hurt us, as often as it is needed, that's how often that we are to give forgiveness. It's demanded for the children of God. It's not an option. It's demanded by the Savior. But it's also demanded by the Scriptures. Throughout Scripture, forgiveness is both modeled and mandated. Joseph modeled forgiveness towards his brothers. David modeled forgiveness towards the constant ill treatment of King Saul. The father modeled forgiveness toward his son in the parable of the prodigal. Paul forgave John Mark for disappointing him in ministry. And of course we understand the greatest example of forgiveness in all of Scripture is the forgiveness that God offers to undeserving man. When Jesus said in John 3.16 that God so loved the world that He gave His one and only Son that whoever would believe upon Him would not have to perish but could enjoy everlasting life. Not only is forgiveness modeled throughout Scripture, it is also mandated. Colossians chapter 3 and verse 13 says to make allowance for each other's faults and forgive anyone. Say anyone. And forgive anyone who offends you. Remember the Lord forgave you, so you must forgive others. Yes, my friend, I think it is quite obvious and quite crystal clear concerning forgiveness. It's demanded. The second thing I'd like to talk about forgiveness this morning, and that is, although it's demanded, I mean, you understand, it's difficult. It's difficult. There's nothing about forgiveness that is easy. Everything about forgiveness is hard. It's, it's difficult. I mean, you understand that it's, it's hard to ask for. Yeah. Forgiveness, it's hard to ask for. You see, in order for us to ask someone to forgive us, we must humble ourselves before them. And we must set our pride aside and we must admit that we were wrong. And that's not easy to do. That's a very difficult thing for us to do. Because nobody likes to do it. It's not fun. It goes against the grain. It's hard to ask somebody for forgiveness. Now, some of you don't know because you've never done it. You see, for some of you here today, when, when you mess up with somebody, instead of going to them and begging for them to forgive you, and, and instead of taking ownership of your mistake, you just, you just start acting nicer. Or you do something nice for that person. Or you take them somewhere. Or you buy them something. You try to cover up your mess by simply acting better and doing better. And hear me this morning, you ought to act better and you ought to do better. But friend, that does not in no way become a substitution for humbling yourself before the person. Setting your pride aside and making yourself vulnerable and saying, I'm sorry. I was wrong. I think we need to practice that this morning. I'm sorry I was wrong. I want you to say that with me this morning. I'm sorry I was wrong. Some of your mouths won't move this morning. I want you to say it with me again this morning. I'm sorry I was wrong. Yeah, uh-huh. Spouses need to learn how to tell each other, I'm sorry I was wrong. 
Hey, Bubba, it's nice that you brought her flowers. It's nice that you took her out to eat. But don't just try and cover up your bad behavior by doing something or being better or being nicer. She needs to hear you say, I'm sorry, I was wrong. And vice versa. Parents need to learn how to apologize to their children. What are you talking about, Pastor? I, I'm the parent. They're just a punk kid. Yeah, but I'm going to tell you, as parents, sometimes we royally mess up. And sometimes we have to humble ourselves before our own kids and tell them, I'm sorry. I was wrong. And kids need to learn how to say I'm sorry to their siblings uh, and say I'm sorry to their parents. uh, And friends need to learn this. uh, And employers and employees need to learn this. uh, Hey, church members need to learn how to ask one another for forgiveness. You see, I can't tell you how many people leave the church because another church member offended them. I can't tell you how often somebody has called me on the phone or given me an email or written me a letter and said, Pastor, we love you and we love your ministry, but we can't come to church anymore because of what this one or that one or somebody else did. Let me understand, nothing about forgiveness is easy. It's hard to ask for. It's hard to give. It's hard to give. You see, something down deep inside of us says, No, I will not forgive. You hurt me. And why should I let you off the hook just because you said those two little words? I'm sorry. You were so ugly to me. You you were so vicious towards me. You hurt me. You wounded me. And you want me to let you off the hook by just those two little words? I'm sorry. Human nature wants to make people pay. Oh, human nature says, I'll forgive you, but you've got to stick your head in a bucket of mud for three hours before it's going to happen. The wisdom writer wrote in Proverbs 24 and 29, Do not say, I will do to him just as he has done to me. I will render to the man according to his work. Jesus said it this way in Matthew 6 and 12. Whatever you want men to do to you, do also to them. How many understand that forgiveness is hard to give sometimes? I personally believe that one of the reasons why people, some people have such a hard time forgiving is because their thinking about forgiveness is wrong. I think there are a lot of misconceptions about forgiveness. And I think that because of these misconceptions, it's difficult and hard for people sometimes to forgive. So let me give you some things to think about. You don't have to agree with me 100% this morning. I've been here seven years. I preached hundreds of sermons to you. Not every word out of my mouth is perfect. but, But let me just give you some food for thought this morning. Let me just give you some things to think about this morning. Let me give you five misconceptions about forgiveness. First of all, this morning, forgiveness doesn't mean that you overlook the wrong. Forgiveness doesn't mean that you overlook the wrong. An apology doesn't wipe away the offense. The offense still happened. And even though somebody apologizes for the offense, the offense still happened. Joseph. Oh, one of the most beautiful pictures of forgiveness in the entirety of Scripture. But And Joseph, when he forgave his brothers, but he did not pretend that it did not happen. He didn't minimize the wrong that had been done to him. In Genesis chapter 50 and verse number 20, he said point blank to his brothers, to their face, you meant it for evil. You meant it for evil. You had evil intention in your heart. You meant evil against me, but God meant it for good in order to bring it about as it is this day to save many people alive. Forgiveness doesn't mean that you overlook the wrong. And number two, forgiveness doesn't mean that you excuse the wrong. Forgiveness doesn't mean that you excuse the wrong. 
Well, it's okay. You said that you were sorry. There will be no penalty to pay. There will be no justice to be served. There will be no repercussions to take place because of your actions. You're forgiven. And because you are forgiven, all is well. No. No. The Bible says that as a man sows, that shall he also reap. The Bible says that a man will reap a harvest from the seeds that he has sown. And though you have sought forgiveness, and though you have asked and given an apology, friend, that doesn't mean, amen, that, 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 the, that, the, that you are excused. That doesn't mean that there's not going to be a harvest. That doesn't mean that you're not going to have to reap from the seeds that you have sown. Because Galatians 6 and 7 and chapter 6 verse 7 and 8 says that as a man sows that shall he also reap. Whether that be good seed or whether that be bad seed. The law of the harvest says this, there's going to be a harvest when there's seeds planted. And number three this morning, forgiveness doesn't mean that you take the blame for the wrong. Just because you forgive somebody, that doesn't mean that you take the blame for the wrong. Joseph didn't say to his brothers, it's all my fault. If I hadn't paraded around in front of you guys with my special coat of many colors that my dad made just for me. How many understand that Joseph wasn't 100% innocent? No doubt he... He did the thing that we all have done, and that is, nah, 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 nah. <laughs> I've got a coat and you don't have one. Daddy loves me more than he loves you. Joseph didn't say to his brothers, I made you guys jealous. It was my own fault that you sold me and told dad that I died. If I hadn't bragged to you about my dreams, if I hadn't told you and bragged to you about me, I'm one day going to be a ruler and you're going to bow down to me. If only I hadn't bragged to you, if only I hadn't pushed your buttons. It's all my fault. It's all my fault that you, that you threw me in a pit and sold me into slavery. It's all my fault that you told daddy that I was dead. Joseph never took the blame for the actions of his brothers. You see, no matter how Joseph acted, and he didn't act 100% correct, but no matter how Joseph acted, his brothers' actions were on their own shoulders. You see, often a rape victim or a molestation victim or a victim of spousal abuse will take the blame for the, act, for the actions of their violator. Oh, oh, the rape victim said, if only I hadn't dressed so seductively. Let me just take a little sidebar and tell you ladies to be careful how you dress. Men are visual. They're stimulated by sight. And so you need to cover it up. Amen. And daddies, you need to make sure your daughters are covered up. My daughter came out of her bedroom one day with a little old short skirt on. And I said, Krista Ray Benson, I said, either that dress is too short or you're too far down in it. You march yourself back in that bedroom and put something else on. Come on. But let me tell you, fellas, that no matter how short the dress is, no matter how much cleavage the women are willing to show, that doesn't give us a right. No, nonsense. Forgiveness does not mean that you take the blame for the wrong that was done to you. Number four this morning, forgiveness does not necessarily mean that all the pain will be gone. Just because that you forgive somebody, that that doesn't necessarily mean that all of a sudden all the pain will be taken away. 
Joseph forgave his brothers, but Joseph still experienced pain. Genesis 45, verse 1 and 2, Joseph could not refrain himself. He could not contain himself. And he wept aloud, and he wept so loudly that all of Pharaoh and his house heard him weeping and crying. Some people have the misconception that I must not have forgiven because I still have pain. I still have a memory. I still hurt. I still have a wound. My wife has given her testimony of how she suffered abuse as a child from the son of a trusted family friend. And this abuse went on for several years. Before my wife and I came to be pastors of New Bethel, for two and a half years before that, my wife and I were traveling in evangelistic ministry. We were traveling, preaching the gospel all over the country. And we would preach revivals and weekends and and, and, and all over the country. But every time that we had at least more than, every time we had more than one service, whether it was a weekend or whether it was a revival, for two and a half years, my wife would give her testimony of overcoming abuse. And in almost every church for two and a half years, almost every single week, my wife was giving her testimony of overcoming abuse as a child. Hundreds, if not thousands of people were helped by her testimony. Her testimony tapes went into several prisons and were a real blessing and sense and help of healing in a lot of prisoners' lives. I can recall many, many nights after my wife would give her testimony and she would then give an opportunity for those that had experienced what she experienced or anything like it that they could come by and she would pray for them. They could get prayer from somebody who understood. They could get prayer from somebody who had walked the same journey they had walked. And I am not exaggerating. There were many, many nights when the line would go all the way down the aisle and all the way out to the front of the church. And there were times when it was hours before she was done ministering to the people that would come by and share their hurts with her. Here's the point I'm making this morning. My wife forgave her abuser many, many, many years ago. And it has been over 40 years since the abuse happened. And yet every single night that my wife gave her testimony, And not only every night, but all through the day when it was the day that she was going to give her testimony that night, all during the day, I could sense there was a difference in my wife. She would would kind of go inside of herself. She would become very quiet. And she would be totally different for that entire day. And as she relived the horror of those years, as she testified, oh, you could see the pain in her eyes and you could hear it in her voice as she spoke. People think, I must not have forgiven because I still feel the pain of the wrong. I still feel the pain of the wound that I suffered. Hear me this morning, forgiveness doesn't mean that the pain is all gone. And friend, this is why it is so important. This is why it is so important that we guard what we do and we guard what we say. And some people are so vicious and some people are so flippant about what they're saying. And they're just, they'll just say whatever's on their mind. They'll just rip people apart and and they'll just rip people to shreds thinking somehow, well, later I can apologize. That's why we need to be very, very careful and guard our mouths and guard what we say and guard what we do and guard our actions because I want to tell you, my friend, even though we may be able to come back later and ask for forgiveness and we may even be granted forgiveness, but I want to tell you that sometimes there are wounds that are made. Sometimes there are wounds that are so deep and scars, all that are so terrible, amen, that even though we have received and given forgiveness, yet that pain, at least a portion of it is still there. Pain won't automatically go away just because we say we're sorry. Oh, it helps and it eases the pain. But if the wound is deep enough, the pain might never totally go away. And the fifth thing about forgiveness this morning, I think that is a misconception about forgiveness. And that is forgiveness doesn't necessarily guarantee reinstatement. Forgiveness doesn't guarantee reinstatement. 
Some people wrongly assume that if a person has been totally forgiven, that that automatically guarantees them reinstatement. Not so. The embezzling church treasurer can be forgiven, but they're no longer church treasurer. Well, you hadn't really forgiven them or you'd let them have their office back. I do forgive them, but I'm going to tell you what, wisdom trumps everything else. Something to chew on this morning. You don't have to buy everything I'm selling this morning, okay? The child molester can be forgiven. Yeah, something as horrendous and unbelievable as child molestation. Child molestation can be forgiven, but that molester is never, ever, never, ever, never, ever, ever again left alone with a child again. An unfaithful spouse can be forgiven and the marriage can be restored, but not until the spouse that cheated has proven themselves trustworthy. And the betrayal of a best friend can be forgiven, but there might be particular circumstances that makes it absolutely impossible to be best friends anymore. These are but a few of the misconceptions about forgiveness. Nothing about forgiveness is easy. It's hard to ask for. It's hard to give. Hopefully forgiveness won't be as hard to give now that we have, re- we have refuted some of the misconceptions of forgiveness. But not only is forgiveness hard to ask for and hard to give, but it's, sometimes it's hard to receive. Amen. For some people, forgiveness is hard to receive. They, they feel that they are unworthy of forgiveness. Oh, maybe they feel that they have been too bad or, or that the wounds that they inflicted were just too deep. Oh, that they could ever be healed. If I've described to you this morning, I want to encourage you today. There is no sin too bad that God cannot forgive. There's no situation too far gone that God cannot fix. Oh, there's no one that is too far down but what God can reach down and lift him up and pick him back up again. Oh, this morning, but for the grace and the mercy of God, none of us would have hope. But because of God's incredible mercy and grace, all of us have hope. Talking about forgiveness today, it's demanded, it's difficult. Let me suggest number three, often it's denied. Yeah, sometimes it's denied. You see, people are not always willing to reconcile with us. Just because you ask somebody to forgive you, that is no guarantee they're going to do it. And just because somebody told you they did forgive you, that doesn't guarantee you that they have. When the prodigal son came home, he came home seeking forgiveness. Oh, Luke chapter 15, verse 21, the prodigal said to his father, I've sinned against heaven and I've sinned in your sight and I'm no more worthy to be a son. Just let me be one of your hired servants. The prodigal comes home whipped and beat up and humbled and embarrassed and seeking forgiveness. And the father gladly gives it to him. Oh, oh, he embraces him. He says, bring a robe and put it around him. Bring shoes and put on his feet. Bring bring the family ring and put on his hand. Kill the fatted calf. Let there be music and dancing. My son was dead, but he's alive now. He was lost and he's found. And the father gladly, gladly, gladly gives him forgiveness. Somebody else in the family, not quite so quick to forgive. Somebody else in the family, not quite so willing to forgive. And that is the prodigal's big brother. In Luke chapter 15 and verse 25, his older son, the father's older son was in the field. And he came and he drew near to the house. And he heard music and dancing and he called out to one of the servants and he said, What does all this mean? And he said to him, Your brother has come. And because your father has received him safe and sound, your father has killed the fatted calf. But he was angry. 
The Father, oh, wants music and dancing. He wants a celebration. Oh, he wants a, he wants a robe to cover up his son's sin and his son's filth. Oh, he wants shoes because only servants went without shoes. Oh, he wants the family insignia bracelet to be put on him so everybody will see him. He doesn't look like a son, doesn't smell like a son, but the ring says he is. There's somebody in the house, there's somebody in the family that's not nearly ready to forgive. And he was angry, the big brother was angry, and he would not go to the party. And so his father came out and pleaded with him. And he answered and he said to his father, Oh, all of these many years I have been serving you. I never transgressed your commandment at any time. The little liar. I've raised kids. I know better. All these many years I've been serving you. I never transgressed your commandment even one time. And yet you never gave me a young goat. You never threw me a party. But as soon as this son of yours, he wouldn't even call him his brother. But as soon as this son of yours came who has devoured your livelihood with harlots, you killed the fatted calf. Friend, not everyone is going to grant you forgiveness. Notice three things that we need to do this morning. Real quickly, I'm trying to, trying to wrap this up, but there's some good things we need to talk about. Three things that we need to do. Number one, we need to recognize the possibility. Recognize the possibility. You see, it is possible that even though we humble ourselves before somebody, even though we, even though we beg somebody's forgiveness, it is possible that they will not grant it. Recognize the possibility. And the second thing you need to do is you need to review your presentation. You asked for forgiveness, you sought forgiveness, but how'd you go about it? How did you do it? You see, a lot of people refuse to forgive us simply because they don't believe that we are really sincere. They believe that we're just saying words from our mouths, that we really don't mean it, that it's not really coming out of our hearts. Or maybe it's that we use the if word. The if word. Not the F word, the if word. We use the if word. If I hurt you, if I said anything wrong, if I did anything, I'm... Ain't no if about it. I said, there's no if about it. You know what you said. You know what you did. You know the wound that you inflicted. You know the hurt. Don't say if I did something. Don't say if I said something. Own up to what you said. Own up to what you did. Be specific about what you are sorry about. Review your presentation. Did you humble yourself before them or did you go in there arrogantly? Did you go in there insincerely? Perhaps you gave them a reason to deny your forgiveness. Hey, maybe this is a constant thing. You keep messing up in the same area over and over and over again. And you keep begging forgiveness. And you keep making the promise that you're never going to do it again. But you never change. The third thing you need to do this morning is you need to release yourself from guilt. If you have genuinely repented, if you have genuinely sought forgiveness from somebody, you have reviewed your presentation, you believe that you were humble and sincere and you sought forgiveness and you did everything within your power to get forgiveness and yet that person refused to forgive you, then in that case, then you need to release yourself from guilt. You need to forgive yourself. Don't let somebody else's bitterness or anger toward you drag you down. If you have done anything and everything humanly possible and everything in your power to reconcile, you should not have to continually live under condemnation. Release yourself from guilt. Let's talk about one more thing and i got to hurry this morning. 
Well, I don't have to, but. This last point this morning is huge. It's huge. Number four, forgiveness. It's a decision. It's a decision. Forgiveness is more than an emotion. The fact is, most of the time, you won't feel like forgiving. The truth of the matter is, most of the things that we are called upon to forgive, we haven't even been apologized to about. If you're waiting on somebody to apologize before you forgive, you're you're waiting too long. That may never happen. It doesn't matter if they apologize or don't apologize. It doesn't matter if they are sincere or not sincere about it. It is our responsibility. It is a decision. We just decide, I'm going to forgive. I'm going to live my life forgiving everybody that hurts and harms my life. The other person may not even be aware that they've even offended you. They may have such a mean spirit about them, they don't even care. Guess what? Don't matter. We still have to forgive them. If forgiveness was an emotion, we would never forgive because hardly ever do we feel like it. Forgiveness is a decision. Let me give you three reasons why you should forgive and then we'll be done with this teaching this morning. Number one this morning, you should forgive simply because it's the right thing to do. We should forgive because it's the right thing to do. It is never, ever, ever right to harbor unforgiveness no matter how horrendous the infraction or how deep the hurt or how severe the pain. The Bible plainly teaches unconditional forgiveness. And when I say this, don't forget what we said in point two. Forgiveness doesn't mean that you overlook the wrong. It doesn't mean that you excuse the wrong. It doesn't mean that you take the blame for the wrong. It doesn't mean that all of the pain will magically go away. And it doesn't automatically guarantee reinstatement. You can forgive somebody for murdering your child and still not ask them over for dinner. You can forgive someone who hurts you without making them your best friend. No, you don't harbor the thing. You have released it. You have forgiven them. You have let it go. You have dropped it. Three reasons to forgive. It's the right thing to do. Number two, it restores relationships. Broken relationships will never be restored without forgiveness. I've had to ask my wife to forgive me many, many times. I've asked my kids to forgive me. I've asked my kids when they were growing up, there were times when I knew that I messed up. I knew I overreacted or I made a wrong decision or maybe I flew off the handle or something or maybe it wasn't that what I did but the way I went about it. And there were many times when they were kids that I told them, I'm Daddy's sorry. Daddy was wrong. Daddy didn't do that right. I wish I could tell you that it stopped when my kids were little, but I want to tell you that since my wife or since my daughter and my son have been married, there have been times when I've had to say to them, you know, Dad messed up there and I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I've, asked to ha- I've a- had to ask my friends to forgive me. Some of my very best friends that, I've, that, that I love with all of my heart, I've had to tell them, you know what, I didn't handle that very good. Or I'm sorry I said that. Or I embarrassed you. Or I said, told a story that you probably didn't want to. Whatever. There have been times when I've had to tell my friends, I'm sorry. I, I didn't do very good with that. I'm sorry. Forgive me. I've even had to ask my church to forgive me. On more than one occasion, I have stood before the body of the believers, my church, that I have served as pastor. And I've said to my church, I was wrong. I'm sorry. I messed up there. Forgive me. The third thing that we need to do this morning is we need... The third reason to forgive is that forgiveness removes roadblocks. It removes roadblocks. If we could get the worship team back in place this morning. 
Unforgiveness is a roadblock. Forgiveness removes roadblocks. It opens the road and clears the way to reconciliation with God and with man. Jesus said in Matthew 6, verse 14 and 15, If you forgive men their trespasses, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive men their trespasses, neither will your Father forgive your trespasses. Wow, forgiveness. Forgiveness. This morning, there's four questions that I have for you today. Four questions I have for you to ask this, yourself this morning. The first question I have for you this morning is, do you need to seek God's forgiveness? Do you need to seek God's forgiveness? Do you have sin in your life and you need to ask God to forgive you? And how many understand that all sin is a sin unto God? Do you need to seek the forgiveness of God? And the second question I have for you this morning is, do you need to seek man's forgiveness? Do you need to seek man's forgiveness? Is there somebody that you need to ask them to forgive you? And the third question I have for you this morning is, do you need to grant forgiveness to somebody? Is there somebody that you need to grant forgiveness? They've asked you or maybe they have not asked you. It doesn't matter if they ask or don't up to us to forgive. Is there somebody that you need to grant forgiveness to? You need to forgive them. Maybe there's somebody that's not even alive anymore. They wronged you. They hurt you. They wounded you. They are not alive. They will never ever be able to say those words. I'm sorry. to grant them forgiveness. It's never too late. Oh, it's too late to hear it, but it's not too late to grant it and get it out of your heart. And then the fourth question that I have to ask you this morning is, do you need to forgive yourself? Do you need to forgive yourself? Maybe you hurt your spouse, you wounded your spouse, you did something unthinkable and it brought such a wound and it brought division and it brought such hurt and harm to your parents. But your spouse has been so gracious and so kind and has forgiven and assured you over and over and over that you're forgiven. Somehow you've not been able Would you stand with me this morning, please, in the house of the Lord? Could we move forward this morning? Could we move forward into the presence of God, into the altar area? Everybody moving forward this morning, please. In a moment, Pastor Raymond's going to lead us in a, in a chorus, but right now he's going to play softly. And while we're coming this morning, I'm going to give you a couple of minutes this morning just to ask and answer those questions today. Do you need to ask God's forgiveness today? Do you need to seek God's forgiveness? Is there something in your life you need to ask God to forgive you? Come on up closer so everybody can get it. Do you need to seek man's forgiveness today? Is there somebody that you have failed to ask forgiveness to? And you know you owe an apology and you have not done it. Do you need to seek man's forgiveness? Maybe you need to grant somebody forgiveness. Somebody has, or maybe they haven't asked you, but yet they have wounded you, they have hurt you. And this morning you just need to, by your own decision, just choose to forgive them. Just choose to forgive them and let it go. Maybe this morning you need to forgive yourself. You need to forgive yourself something horrible happened to you sometime. Maybe it's been many, many years ago, but somehow you've got it in your mind and somehow you've got it in your heart that you were to blame and maybe you brought it on yourself and maybe you caused this person to do this. No! Even if you weren't 100% innocent in the situation, yet they must 
take responsibility for me. Ask and answer these questions this morning. Oh, if there's something you need to ask God to forgive you, then just pour out your heart to God and ask Him, God, forgive me for this. Name it this morning. Ask Him to forgive you today. Maybe you need to go home today and write a letter and make a telephone call. Or knock on somebody's door. Whatever this morning, I want you to leave here with total victory today. I want you to leave here free this morning, free this morning, free this morning. There's something liberating about forgiveness. There's something liberating about forgiving. Father, I just pray today for each and every one that has come this morning. God, I know that many are there answering these questions today. God, I don't know what the answers are, and I don't need to know. But God, I just pray today, Father, in the name of Jesus, that you'll help each and every one of us today to ask and answer these questions honestly today. Father, may we leave here today forgiven and leave here today a forgiver. Give God the ask in Jesus' name. Oh, hallelujah. Let's worship Him this morning. Let's worship Him. Be worthy today. Hallelujah. I'm forgiven because you were forsaken. I'm accepted. You are condemned.
because God you first forgave us Father I thank you for the freedom the liberty the peace that comes through forgiveness thank you God for the burdens the issues the weight the baggage that's been lifted off of us this morning simply by forgiving simply by forgiving ourselves simply by receiving forgiveness thank you Lord love you, God. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. If you are a guest with us this morning, I just want to once again remind you to turn in your connection card at our Welcome Center, and we'll see you tonight at Christian at 5 o'clock. Thank mm-hmm. you.